Welcome to I Need Some Air. Bending. A last Airbender fan cast from someone who's seen the show before. And someone who has just finished it. I'm Landon Ferguson. And I'm Michael Williams. Alright, Michael, so you've had a few weeks to kind of marinate in the aftermath of the show here. Sit, sit with you for a little while. Where are you at with your thoughts on the show now? Uh, my thoughts on the show is that I thought it was a really good show from start to finish. It had a beginning, a middle, and an ending, which is something that we really don't see a lot in TV shows nowadays. Some shows either go too long or some are cut way too short. So to me, you rarely have TV shows that know the length they have and they tell the story they want to within that length and then they stop. So overall, I've really enjoyed it just for that aspect alone. And then on top of that, there's a great story in there. Yeah, that's a really good point. It, it, you, you feel like, I mean, when this show ends, I feel like I do want more from these characters and from this world, which we ultimately get. But you're right, this story finishes, and it's over. Mm -hmm. it, it is a rare thing. There's so many shows that just don't do that. They just keep going and going and going and going. And like you said, they may go too long and then finally end. But a lot of the times you get some that just go away and they never got an ending. So, yeah, it's just so much more satisfying this way. But ultimately, we're here to discuss season three as a whole. So what are your thoughts on season three and what is an episode you want to highlight? My thoughts on season three is I thought it was a really good final season. There were a lot of great episodes in there where things that have been hinted at for a while or finally got revealed. And then there are episodes where like characters really started to take like journeys of self-reflection and such. One example, this is not the episode I want to highlight, but like I really like The Beach just because it's the essentially the, one of the side villains of the show. It's Azula and her friends, and also um, Zuko, just going to a beach house and trying to be normal and just end up having a nice conversation and such. And then you got the episode like The Avatar and the Fire Lord, which is a whole explanation of, like, how do we get in this situation where we are right now? Like, how do we start? Like, where was the starting point for this epic journey that we're currently taking? So I think overall Season 3 it just has a really great bunch of episodes that feel justified and earned because they didn't do it right away they waited till we the end where like we knew the characters and such and an episode that i really want to highlight is the puppet master one reason i want to highlight it is because it finally the show gave me what i've been clamoring for for a while which is people <laughs> bending and i realized like, oh that, that's awful but the thing i really like about that episode is it really shows how dark the world was when, like, the Avatar wasn't there and the Fire Nation was just going around and tyrannizing the whole world. And, I mean, we see what happens to the Southern Water Tribe in this episode. It's like they take away all the benders. And when then we see someone who is understandably pushed to her breaking point, and that's the character of Hama, who we find out, like, she was pushed so far in a Fire Nation prison that she turned to bloodbending to escape. And eventually, she just kind of lost herself after that. And we saw at the end of the episode, like, Katara and the gang discovers her, and she's been, like, puppeteering people into a mountain just for, really, revenge. 
because she was taken away from her while she was in prison, so now she does it to other people. It's kind of like Jet, but like a, a lot more sinister in that regard, which I find interesting that Katara has a relationship with both Jet and now Hama, so I find it interesting that like Katara's had some trials and tribulations, like, like people trying to push her to be something that she's not. Interesting. And then something I really like about this episode is that at the end, Hama kind of wins because she wanted to pass on the, the art of bloodbending onto Katara, and Katara ends up using it against her to defeat her. And we see, like, Hama gets taken away, and I can't remember exactly what she said, but it was something along the lines of, like, I got what I wanted. Because mm -hmm. now Katara knows how to bloodbend. So I like it because it really does push one of the most ho hopeful characters to her breaking point. And it kind of pushes her to like gain an ability that disgusts her, but she knows that she had to use it in that moment. Yeah. I, I completely agree with all that. And I think one of the other reasons that this episode stands out, besides it just being a phenomenal episode, what it does for world building and for the rules of bending, it shows us that the skills can continue to grow past what we had seen up to this point. And it, like, it shows us that there's more to bending than just the immediate element in front of you. And I know we see this before with Toph learning metal bending in Season 2, but this shows us that that wasn't just the not just a coincidence or something with Toph. It shows us that the other elements have these hidden abilities in them. And it proves that it's like, oh, well, that means there can be more later. They can come up with other things or expand on these other elements. And I think that's really cool and one of the reasons this episode stands out for a lot of people. Yeah. Something I really liked was um, the scenes where Hama takes the water from the plant life. Mm -hmm. And you kind of see that, oh, everyone kind of thinks that, mm, like, firebending is bad. It's, like, naturally destructive. It's like, no, it just depends on how you use it. Like, the way I see it, each and every one of these bending styles can be used in a very destructive manner. In a, and in a way that's, like, horrifying to see. Like, to see someone, like, suck the water out of plant life and just render them lifeless, like, that, that's as horrifying to me as, like, someone, like, shooting lightning at me. Yeah. That's a really good point. I think it just highlights the point that it's like, there can be good or bad benders. It's not the mm -hmm. style, it's the person. Yeah, every element has the potential to be as destructive as the Fire Nation mm -hmm. showed itself in the show. Look at earthquakes, look at tornadoes. Yeah, That's just as bad as how the Fire Nation used their gifts. Yeah, and it makes me wonder... Like, I know, like, the whole conceit of the show is that the Fire Nation are the enemy, but it's like, I kind of would have liked to see them go against more uh, villains of a different bending style. Like, mm -hmm. I know they went against um, the Earth Kingdom and the, the Dai Li and all that, but I kind of would have really liked to see, like, someone like Hama, like, like an Earthbender, like, really pushed to their breaking point and just completely lost all sense of their morality mm. and just willing to do whatever. Because I kind of want to see, like, how far could you go with it if you had fallen far enough. Because it, it makes me think of, like, when Aang lost Appa, and he was, like, getting really upset. It's like, I, I, wasn't he making, like, a sandstorm, almost? Yeah, it was, like, I mean, just a huge, I mean, he was in the Avatar state, just yeah. making that huge ball of air that was just destroying everything around him. Oh. And that's about the most destructive we've seen with air, 
bending in this show, mm-hmm. at, at least that I can remember. And that wasn't even intentional. Yeah. Think about it if it was. And it's like, yeah, Aang could have gone down that path if he didn't have anyone there to help him. Mm-hmm. But he had Katara, he had the gang, and you... Yeah, I think Aang could have ended up like Hama if he had no one there. And it's like, I lost my only friend, like the last friend I can remember, except for Boomy, and like mm-hmm. now he's gone. It's one of the most fascinating things to me. It's like, people are not good or bad inherently. I think they're shaped more by what happens to them, mm-hmm. or at least as much as what happens to them as compared to like who they are. To me, I always find it interesting to see like a villain push to a point where like they, they feel they need to do good, and then like to see a hero push to the point where they need to feel they need, they need to do bad. Like yeah. I, I always like those stories because like I think everyone has those moments in their life. Yeah, it just really opens up the future potential for more story exploration through the elements like that. So yeah, that's why I really enjoyed The Puppet Master. So those are my final thoughts on that episode. All right. So for me, my two episodes that I want to highlight happen to be a part one and a part two, and it's The Boiling Rock. These two episodes, to me really felt like a movie after I had gotten done watching them. And it's not just because of their length. It's because of the story structure of the two put together. It really was this beginning part and then this arc that led through just all these different emotions of disappointment and then finding the diamond in the rough and then another piece of disappointment and, and you know, the silver lining of it all. And then ultimately, like having this major climax with the battles on top of the ski lifts, and then finally our heroes having a victory where they escape, and the way that it ends, it really is a movie through its structure. Through this rewatch, it really surprised me of how entertaining these two particular episodes were. From just the the character interactions getting Suki back on the team, finding Sokka's father, the bonding between Zuko and Sokka. It was just so interesting the whole way through. But also, I think this episode is the shifting point for Season 3. Where we start out in Season 3 is they're coming off a major loss and having to just hide and survive in the Fire Nation, just waiting for the eclipse, this big plan, and then ultimately... It just doesn't work because they didn't have the element of surprise. There was nothing more simple than that was just that their plan was spoiled. And so after this whole buildup from what we've been waiting on, then the real season three can start, in my opinion, where Zuko joins the team after that. And they start to plan on how they're going to fight the Fire Lord and Aang learns his firebending and all this and seeing this episode be one of the first to start to integrate Zuko into the team. And like I said, then getting Suki back and her joining the team, it was like really getting into what the finale of season three was going to be. And it all starts here. And I I think it's just, it's one of the best two-parters in any television show I've ever seen. Yeah, I I do agree with you on all that. I think you're right in saying that that is a really good turning point in season three. Especially because a couple episodes before we had the other two-parter, that's the day of, day of the Black Sun. And yeah, it's like that's kind of like their first victory after that episode, is getting Suki back. And then 
they didn't really do it intentionally, but we see like the fracturing of the relationship between Azula and Ty Lee and May. Yeah, another huge turning point. Really sets up the finale when you think about it, because that kind of served to isolate Azula, which kind of leads into the final fight between her and Zuko in the finale. And then, yeah, you're right. It's just like a nice little one-off, or not really one-off episode. It, like, it's its own story. They stick to it. It's like Zuko and Sokka are going to break out uh, Suki from this prison. And that's, that's it. And, like, they go through, they have things that, run, that happen that stop them from doing that, like other prisoners want in and all that, and then the plan gets ruined. And it's also the fact that, like, the, the prison itself, like, the Boiling Rock, it's a very intricate design. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's a very difficult to escape from prison. It's like its own version of Alcatraz. Yeah. So I, I like that it's like escape from the boiling rock. That's what it is. It stands alone as almost its own prison break movie. Yeah. Which you, you've seen a hundred times, you know, over the years. But this is like, this is a prison break movie and a good one. That it is. Yeah, nice to see uh, Suki come back into the fold. But that, it's just, there's just so many moments in this episode that are just so feel-good. Ju- it just is one of the most fun episodes I think I could rewatch just over and over and over. That whole like batch of episodes really makes me wish that we did get a Toph and Suzuko episode. Because I, I really... Yeah. I still think about when Toph said, like, when do I get my vacation with Zuko? Yeah, everybody else got one. <laughs> But man, I'm telling you, I'm not exaggerating when I tell you that when Ty Lee jumps in to attack Azula to save May, I literally like popped up off my couch in excitement. It was just, I forgot it was coming. And the way that the camera work was, the animation style with their faces and zooming in on them and everything, and it really makes you forget that Ty Lee's standing right there. And when that fist comes in and just pops Azula in in a cheese spot, it just oh, it's just so satisfying, man. Like you said, it's a major major turning point. I just I love these episodes. I think I'm gonna go just watch them again right now. Yeah. I also I still got a soft spot for Zuko and May. Yep, yep. Always a good time. But yeah, that's my two episodes for season three that I wanted to highlight. I think they're it's just an important arc for the whole story. Well, my other episode I wanted to highlight is the Ember Island Players, which is pretty much the penultimate episode, mm-hmm. because the finale is technically like a four-episode whole deal. Right. So I, I, I treat it as like, this is the penultimate episode. It's like, it's a breather episode before we get the final fight. Mm-hmm. And I love the episode because it's like those old sitcoms where um, they gotta make 24 episodes, and it's like, they only have enough for 23, so like one episode is like a clip show. Yeah. Or like characters there. I was like, hey, do you remember this? And like a flashback and all of that. <laughs> <laughs> but this one is it's a really to me it's a really creative way to like do their own version of a clip show. Except it's a, it's like such a poorly produced play. It's almost <laughs> like they're they're watching a Cliff Notes version of the show right. before their final fight. But I love it because it's so funny in like the theatrical production. It's like I think in our episode we talked, it must have been like a 12-hour thing. Right. Because they go through like every major plot point of the three seasons. And then like all like the theater stuff and everything they're doing to get special effects. And I was re-watching it and like, man, the special effects they do on this stage show look better than the ones in the actual movie. <laughs> I was like, 
the simple fire Benny, it's just like they have a line of like yellow fire that they throw at each other. I'm like, yeah, that looks impressive. Yep, yep. And then it it also allowed for a lot of the characters to kind of have a moment of reflection because they were watching essentially like the a caricature of themselves. It's like a bootleg DVD. Yeah, it was like it's like uh, when you picture when you have a friend and you're just like, I wonder how they're like when they, when I'm not around to observe them. And it's like, uh, it's like, oh, I got a really happy friend. It's like, ah, oh, sunshine, rainbows, kittens. And it's like, yeah, that's that's how they are. <laughs> It's not until like you talk to him actually and say, Oh, that's that's not how you are like I like Zuko gets a, a really good moment of self reflection when like there's the argument on stage between him and Uncle Iroh and he really thinks back on it. it's like yeah. someone asked him, like, Did you really say that? It's like no, I may may as well have. Mm-hmm. And then we saw that uh Katara and Aang kinda had to confront their feelings for each other because Aang just called like the his worst possible fear on stage is that Katara loves him like a brother. Yeah. That's very interesting, because, like, and I can see, like, where Aang's coming from, where it's like, well, they wouldn't write that on stage unless, like, it was, like, rooted in some sort of reality or something. Right, like, uh, that must be, everyone thinks that, it must be true. It's kind of like when you have friends, and then you overhear how they talk about you when you're not around. Yeah, yeah. It's like, that's, that's different, because... They know I'm out here to, like, hear them, so they, yeah. they say whatever they want. And, like, that's either good or bad. And it's like, I, I never like those moments. It's like, I, I'd rather just not know. Right, right. But I, I, I like that moment. I like that Sokka got really invested in the play near the end. <laughs> like, when Sokka on stage is saying goodbye to Yue, and he's like, it's actual Sokka's, like, tearing up while Suki's just, like, kind of, like, a little thro- taken aback. Yeah. And then he goes and gives the new Sokka lines. <laughs> and then Toph is just having a good time. Yeah, the reason I think this episode works is because you get those character moments in between, like during the intermissions or them whispering to each other while the play is going on. If, if this episode had just been the play, it would have been interesting, but ultimately I think a little more pointless. But giving the characters time to reflect, like you said, and and interact with each other and actually think about the battle ahead of them and everywhere that they've come from, it really just gives this episode so much more substance than I think it would have on paper or if you tried to explain it to someone that you had this idea. I don't know. It's just, it was really, really clever, like you said. Yeah. Just imagine if if the Friends finale was them going to the coffee shop to watch a play of the Friends series, like yeah, written written by Gunther. <laughs> right, because he sat there and he watched them for seven yeah. years or whatever. And he would like portray uh, Rachel as like dumber and ditzier than she already is. No, she no. He would have portrayed her as like perfect. Oh yeah, he would have he would have made Ross look. Just incompetent. Right, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I really don't know, like, how that would have gone. But, man, <laughs> that, would, that would be so funny if it was, like, Gunther wrote his own version of Friends <laughs> and all that. Because that, that would make the most sense. Like, who else is going to write it? You know, like, Gunther and Janice. That's it. Yeah. But, yeah, that, that's the other episode I wanted to highlight because, to me, it's a really fun episode. Mm-hmm. Let's not forget, too, that the whole point of this episode was just to be a recap for the audience as well. Like they have fun mm-hmm. with it and they make it entertaining to watch in a, you know, meta kind of way, 
but it it is meant to be a recap for the audience as well and i think that's a really good thing to do for your audience when you've been mm -hmm. running for you know three or four years of a show like this and maybe someone didn't catch every episode and so it just gives you a reminder of everywhere that you've yeah. been right before the end so yeah really 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 good episode for season three i i really hope no one started on this episode and then went to the finale no no i'm not like, saying I, that. I, I know what avatars are about katara <laughs> loves Aang like a brother Sokka's a, a jokester he loves food <laughs> toff's a dude no i'm just saying like maybe you didn't catch every episode yeah it is a good refresher because it is a kid show right but yeah that that's my last episode of season three all right, well, that's it for our review of Season 3 and the show of The Last Airbender. If you've enjoyed our discussions and you haven't gone back to our other episodes, please check them out. There's more like this. We've discussed every single episode of The Last Airbender. And join the conversation at avatarfancast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts on episodes of The Last Airbender, The Legend of Korra, the comic series, anything you want to address we'd love to hear it and possibly discuss it so join us next time for our other discussions of future avatar projects and thank you so much for listening